Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch into the first hour of the live Saturday edition. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free. So do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to a guest. His name is Jim Babka, and he's the president of DownsizeDC.org. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. What's going on these days over there? Uh, about half of the dollars, the healthcare dollars spent in this country, uh, go through the federal government or the state governments. And uh, uh, there are other countries that are fully socialized. And if you look at the amount of time that they have to wait for surgical procedures, uh, you, you see the various countries are fully socialized, being somewhere in the 25, 26, 28 percent range, waiting more than four months to get a, uh, to get surgery on average. Whereas here in the United States, it's less than five percent that wait. Uh, they have to wait four months. So hmm. by being only half socialized, we have about an 80 percent improvement on waiting lists. And so, it, you know, for us, we just stop and say, okay, well, wait a minute, why isn't someone asking the obvious question, at least obvious to us, what if we reduced the amount of socialism that we had in our system? What if we reduced uh, the amount of government involvement? Could we improve some of these numbers? Yeah, I, you know, it, it wouldn't bother me at all to see uh, doctors uh, out there, you know, advertising their services in order to get people in uh, their doors. I mean, the way they, uh, you know, all these dollars are thrown by the uh, the, the federal government they don't really have to. No, they don't. And, and you know, the problem is, is that uh, people people really don't deal with their doctors anymore. Doctors deal with insurance companies and the government. And it's even the insurance companies, the governments that are responsible for this, because it's set up a system where employers are the ones that get the tax break for providing the health insurance. So you as an individual, it's hard for you to get that if you're... Uh, uh, if you're employed by somebody or whatever, you have to be self-employed to be able to get some benefit from it. And so... With that situation, you have uh, insurance companies being the ones that make all the, the deals and the negotiations. And, of course, you know, there are large bureaucracies, lots of paperwork that moves through them, and there's a lot of added expense. It, it strikes us as odd also that if you look at, like, the computer industry, where, you know, capacity, the computer capacity, the memory and the speed and everything keeps increasing, but the price keeps decreasing. And we find this in virtually every other field except those fields that government regulates, and one of those fields is healthcare. It's really absolutely amazing. Uh, and so what are you guys up to over there right now? You're, you've got a new campaign in regards to this? We do have a new campaign, and, and we've been trying to, uh, and, and these messages I'm referring to are on our blog, give people the data and show them you know, what's wrong with socialized medicine, but we haven't stopped by saying what's wrong. We've begun to suggest what could be done right. And uh, the very first thing that we suggested, uh, we kind of look at it as an 80-20 type of solution. It's the, it's the 20% that would make 80% of the difference, is if, if Congress would pass a law, allowing us to have unlimited tax-deductible uh, uh, health savings accounts. Uh, I happen to be a health savings account uh, customer myself. As am I. I'm yeah, I'm, okay, but I'm, we're limited each year as to how much we can put in there. Really? And I uh, get, get a tax break uh, for a family. Uh, it's just a little over $5,000 a year. Uh, you should be allowed to put as much as you want in there and uh, be able to provide for your own benefits. But the, one of, there's a numerous benefits to this. The one that jumps out the most to me is that, People, and we just got through talking about price, people, once they have these health savings accounts and they know they can, if they can keep the money, they can kind of rob the insurance company, as we put it. Uh, if they can keep that money and have it accumulating interest in an account of their own, 
they tend to be very careful how they spend it. Right now, Cadillac health insurance plans uh, basically operate uh, in, in a very bizarre fashion. Imagine a car policy, for example, that covered every fuel uh, visit and oil change and all the regular maintenance that you do on your car. It wouldn't take too long before the services would have to be rationed and you'd have a copay at the pump and yeah. and. and it would just it just wouldn't work, and we all understand that. But but we don't seem to quite make the connection when it comes to our health care. And uh, these health savings plans they provide, you know, as you know, they provide insurance. You can buy, but your deductible is much much higher. Your that money's covered by the money that you're setting aside every month in an account tax free, and and earning interest on, and so it can accumulate and build and uh, really become a, uh, something of a nest egg. You could pass it on to your to your heirs even. And uh, we're suggesting that if they made this. If, they, if Congress made these unlimited tax deductible, uh, and that lots of people would get in them, and they begin paying attention to their price, and doctors would begin dealing with their with their patients again, and we would see prices come down while services continue to expand. So you're asking people to go to downsizedc.org, and I believe this is the second issue down from the top of the page. Uh, you're asking people to go and send a message to their congresspeople through your system in support of this concept, right? Yeah, ask, ask for unlimited uh, tax-deductible savings accounts. The system's very easy to use. Many of your listeners already know. Uh, you just put in your basic contact information. The system tells you who your representative and two senators are, and you can send a personalized message. And because uh, our system, the way it's designed, makes it possible for you to send that personalized message, and they know they're receiving that message from a constituent, messages from constituents are counted and and uh, the numbers are delivered to the boss most mornings in, in congressional offices. Right, and that's what the whole Downsize DC system is all about. It's all about connecting you with your so-called representatives in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and making it easy, um, because nobody really wants to pick up a pen and paper and write things to their representatives, or, or it's even more difficult to pick up a phone. This is literally a few clicks, and you've sent a message. You can personalize it as much as you like, uh, but you can send a message in support of various different issues. You, you're, you happen to be talking about health care today, but there's all kinds of other things that you guys are on top of over there at DownsizedDC.org, including your brilliant Read the Bills Act. People should go and take a look at that for sure. And a number of the other things. Now, you don't have to send messages on everything. Pick and choose the ones that interest you the most and uh, utilize the Downsize DC system because it's, it's free and it works. Uh, it really is drawing some attention to some important issues. And your, your, uh, your list of downsizers, the people participating in your system, just continues to grow by leaps and bounds, uh, and, and for good reason. It's a, it's a great system. And once again, it's downsizedc.org. And that's a good reason to come and send a message, too. You are not alone when you're doing it. I like to say that no snowflake believes itself responsible for the avalanche, and so we're just inviting people to be snowflakes. You may think your little message doesn't make a difference, but we have so many people joining you. It does add up, and it does make a difference. That's downsizedc.org. I know. I still feel that way. I still don't really know if it makes a difference, but I trust you, Jim, and I think you're doing a good thing here, so I keep participating. Well, I will tell you, I was just in Washington this past week. I've got to meet some people up on Capitol Hill and just off Capitol. And, uh, they, they tell me that the, uh, uh, they know what the Read the Bills Act is. They've heard of it and they're aware of it.
Good. And that's one of the issues you guys keep coming back and you keep pounding again and again. And when you go to downsizedc.org, you take uh, take action on anything that you see there, including this uh, this recent health care issue. But you take action and that'll get you signed up for the Downsize DC Dispatch, where Jim will send you the occasional email, maybe a handful of times a week. Uh, and he'll alert you to whatever the latest issues are. And it's an easy way to really take action on these things. And of course, you can opt out of that, but I don't see any reason to. It's really a great way to, to keep up to date on uh, some of the awful things they're trying to do to you in Washington, D.C. Hey, Jim, your uh, battery is uh, running low. I'm sure you have other things to do tonight. I know you're out and about. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you on, as always. I I appreciate it, too. Thanks, guys. Take it easy and enjoy your weekend. 800-259-9231. Our friend Jim Babka, the president of DownsizedDC.org. He is a, a super activist. He really is. And he'll be appearing at the upcoming Liberty Forum, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, which we'll tell you more about that in a little while. This is Free Talk Live, live Saturday show. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, and it is the SACL, uh, this is Free Talk Live, and that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts. Lots of stuff to talk about, serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. And, of course, uh, we're excited about going to the upcoming Free State Project Liberty Forum happening right here in lovely New Hampshire in early January. You can get all the details about who's... Best time to visit New Hampshire. It's uh, it's certainly a good time to visit New Hampshire. Uh, Get a good idea for how cold it can get around here. Mm. Um, But go to freestateproject.org, click on Liberty Forum to learn more about who's going to be speaking. Jim Babka, who we just had on the program from downsizedc.org, is going to be one of the guest speakers. He was there last year. He had a great time, and it was really nice meeting Jim, and I look forward to seeing him again. So, great opportunity to meet Jim and a whole a bunch of other libertarian, liberty-minded luminaries. So it'll be a lot of fun. Once again, that's freestateproject.org slash liberty forum for more information on that. Last night, Mark, we started talking about something that I think is pretty important. And it's about saving. And just generally about how if you start saving as a young person, that you could be a millionaire just by making some some little changes to your life. If you're not saving right now, making slight changes to your habits can really do some amazing things when uh, you know you put it all in a bank account or some sort of investments, uh, diversified investments, etc. and so forth. Now, we're not here to talk about investments. We're not here to be a business show necessarily. This is just common sense Tips. stuff. Right. This is the handy tips that people, they're just not taught in government high school. You don't learn these things. Unless you learn them from mom and dad and take them to heart and actually apply them, you will be left out in the cold and you really won't understand why it is that, you know, you've been working so hard all your life and you don't really have anything to show for it. That's That's a situation a lot of people are in these days. And just some simple changes can be made that will really allow you to live life uh, to a much more full extent when you get on into your older years. Now, to be fair, uh, this is advice that anybody should take, whether they're in their early 20s, 30s, 50s, 70s. It's never too late to start putting money away. 
So that's what we were talking about last night, and we didn't get quite all the way through it. So there's a few more points uh, from this uh, story that we need to get to, and I, I wanted to share the rest of those. Right. Um, this is, um, it, you know, it's, a, it's something I got off of uh, Yahoo. It's bankrate.com is, in fact, the, uh, the site that, that uh, handles it. And it says, uh, don't pass up free money 401k plans. Employer match 401k plans work well um, that way for many. Although many uh, young workers bristle at tying up their money for so long, an employer uh, match is one of life's rare free money opportunities that are, it's too good to pass up. You know, they uh, they contribute a, usually a percentage, uh, you know, say you contribute $2, they'll contribute another dollar mm-hmm. up to a certain amount um, if, for whatever you put in your 401k plan that year. And I think it's a, it's a great thing. So many people tell me, I can't afford the 401k plan. I'll do that in a couple of years when I'm settled. Um, you can't afford to wait, says uh, Arcticus. Say your uh, company will match 50% of your contributions up to 6% of your salary. Let's imagine you earn $40,000 a year. If you agree to contribute 6% or $2,400, your company will add another $1,200 on the spot. Mm -hmm. That's a 50% return on your money without even putting it into a risky stock fund. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're not going to get a 50% return anywhere. Nope. So uh, put it away. That money's there whether or not you're going to – if you're going to take it, you should. If you don't take it, then the, the, company, gets, the company gets to keep it. Right. And the, more, um, the sooner you start doing these things, the better. The miracle of compound interest uh, works over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're in your teens and starting a job, now's the time to do it. On top of that, you're putting away money on a pre-tax basis, which lowers your income base when it comes to uh, paying the uh, tax piper, the uh, government. When uh, time comes around, you'll have made less money on the books as far as it goes, mm-hmm. because you know it's tax-free. If you're uh, getting taxed, maybe 25% uh, state and federal, you just made 25% on uh, on top of your money, plus whatever cumulative interest you're going to make on top of that every year by putting it into a diversified account. You can't get any better return than that, says Articus. Of course, you'll have to uh, pay taxes on that money eventually, but in the meantime, it can grow unfettered by taxes. There are also uh, ways to increase your income and lower expenses, and he gives uh, six of them here. Get a roommate, work a second job, drive a fuel-efficient second-hand car. You know, all these people out there that are getting brand-new cars all the time, uh, man, you lose thousands of dollars just by driving that thing off the lot. Oh, my gosh. It's... um, you know, secondhand cars are the way to go, unless you're really wealthy. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can afford to drop, uh, if you can afford to buy a car brand new with cash, then probably doesn't matter that much. But uh, then again, if you can afford to buy a, brand, a car brand new with cash, you probably don't need any help with saving. Uh, so I agree with those uh, those advice uh, that advice. Now you've only gotten through three of them, but uh, taking on a roommate, if if you've got an empty room in your house. And it's not being rented out to to a friend or somebody that uh, that you know that you can that you can help out. You're helping somebody else out by giving them an affordable place to live, and you're helping yourself out by uh, cutting down the amount of rent you have to pay every month or cutting down on your you know uh, contributing money towards your mortgage payments. I had a uh, roommate for a while um, a couple of years ago, and he was great. He would do all kinds of repair jobs around the house. He would help mm-hmm. me with uh, chores and things like that. It was it was a very good thing. Very nice. What else? Yep. So use an online phone service like Skype or Vonage to lower communications costs. Um, you know, phone the phone company, although it has hard lines and they sound a little better. Maybe if you run a home sales uh, business, you perhaps. I don't really think they sound any better. I think the uh, the voice over IP protocols are so good today, you really can't tell the difference. Hmm. Uh, I make my all my business calls on voice over IP. Hmm. 
And okay. the only time it, the only time it's ever an issue is if I space out and I'm uploading something, which most people don't do. Um, if I'm uploading like the archives and I take a call at that time, then yeah, it'll it'll mess up because the upload takes up all my bandwidth and therefore the voice over IP can't work correctly. So does voice over IP upload also? Uh huh. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, you got to send your voice out. So. Okay. Uh, you've got to have a little bit of available bandwidth to use it, but if you've got a broadband connection, you shouldn't have any problems. Okay. Uh, cook in rather than eating out all the time. Especially, one. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to like work, and if you can pack a lunch, that can get that ten or fifteen dollars a day you spend uh, on lunch at work. If you bring a, a thermos of coffee rather than uh, stopping off at Starbucks and dropping a buck fifty or uh, even more at Starbucks every time. I have to say, it's little things like that that can really make a difference long term. Uh, we talked about it yesterday with the example of somebody going to Starbucks every day and spending four dollars. How that really adds up over time, and you can literally save a thousand bucks a year if you just cut that one thing out of your budget. Mm-hmm. Just changing little things like that, uh, really, you don't realize it because it just seems like three or four bucks when you're spending that money, and you don't think about it long term as to what sort of uh, damage that's doing to the amount of money that you have in your bank account and that and that sort of thing. And, and a neat way to do this is to take a look. Keep a notebook, for instance, and bring it with you. Have it in your car at all times. That way, it's that way wherever your car is, that's where you are. So the notebook is always going to be there. That way, you don't leave it at work or something like that. Take that notebook, and whenever you purchase something, whenever money comes out of your pocket, write it down. Write down what you're purchasing. Write down how much it was, and then after you know, after a week. Go back and look at all those purchases and really look at them critically and ask yourself, do I really need to have this slice of pie that I bought at, you know, Starbucks or whatever? More on the way. We'll talk about this and hear from you if you've got some tips. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, We're talking about, you can talk about anything, but we're talking about right now saving and uh, saving money. Believe it or not, a lot of Americans just don't understand this concept. I mean, many people, I think, would like to put money away, but they feel like they have to do other things with it. Um, they feel like they, uh, they, they've got habits that they must satisfy. And I don't know if that's all really necessary. We're going to take a deeper look into that here in a moment. I also would love to hear from you. You know, were you at one time fiscally irresponsible? What did it take for you to realize that? And then what did you do to change it? 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there with dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. All right. So uh, we've sort of been through this article, and we did we did part of it last night. So if you missed that show, go grab it online at freetalklive.com. But the basic concept is, if you aren't saving now, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously, if you aren't saving at least 10% 
of the money that you get in uh, get in on every paycheck. What is your excuse? Right. Do you think the do you think the government social security is going to save you? Because <laughs> it's not. No. Do you think you're going to have a windfall in the future? You may, but you're gambling. Don't plan on it. Yeah. Don't count. I don't care if you have wealthy parents. Don't count on it. You can't you can't count on that stuff. If you get money from your parents when they die, that's found money. You can't pr- plan for that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so if you aren't saving, we'd love to hear from you as to why. Uh, 800-259-9231. And if you, if you feel like you don't have enough money to save, then that's an excuse. There has to be something that you can change about your lifestyle that will allow you to put some money away. Even if it's just 5%, putting something away will make a difference. And don't claim, well, I've got debts, so I've got to pay off my debts first. You should be doing both. You should be paying off your debts at the same time as saving. Try to put in tw- – I like this system. Uh, I think it was the richest man in Babylon that I, uh, that I learned this one from. You, If you have debts, take 20% of your money and pay off your debts with that. Then take 10% of your money and put that into savings. Every single paycheck. Every single paycheck. If it makes it so you have to live – you know, scrimp, buy to live – then do that. Scrimp by if that's what's necessary. Eat out less. You know, most people aren't scrimping. Most people are uh, splurging on luxuries that they just don't need. Eating out, it's got to be a huge one. It is. I was shocked. Uh, my girlfriend, Julia, she's she's 23, uh, 22 right now. And when she was 18, 19 years old, she was eating out with her boyfriend uh, on a regular basis, a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Dinner, you know, at an Olive Garden. I mean, not the most expensive of restaurants, but you're still going to dump thirty bucks at least for a, for dinner for two at a place like that. Mm. And if you're doing that a handful of times a week, that's really eating into money you could be putting away. And sure enough, when uh, she ended up moving in with me and leaving that other guy, she really didn't have much to show for it. For all the money that she had earned over the last five years, she was in debt. For um, you know, to to some extent, and uh, as I recall, cards. didn't have a lot of furniture either. Now, she didn't really have much to show for it at all, and she's a relatively intelligent young lady as well, so she should have known better. Intelligence doesn't mean you know how to save. Exactly. Um, it's, it, it, it's knowing the, the tricks and uh, practicing them. Right. There's a difference discipline. between intelligence and financial intelligence. And, uh, you really I think there's some discipline uh, tossed in there. Discipline, to absolutely, is, is a critical issue here. So the last tip here was to change criti- some habits, right? Uh, right. Um, the, the habits are just, just a few things um, as some ideas. Get a roommate. Work a second job, drive a f- fuel-efficient second-hand car, use an online phone service um, rather than uh, you know the regular hardline service. Cook in rather than eating out. Ditch credit cards and use cash. That way, at the very least, if you spend all your money, you're not uh, in hock uh, later on paying uh, exorbitant interest rates on the money that uh, you don't have. Right. And it says, above all, strive to live within your means, not some Hollywood fantasy. Put together a budget and live in that budget. Um. Let's see, every young person is going to want to present themselves well, drive a fancy car, but it's just not pragmatic in uh, those early days. You have to have, you have to be a lot more sensible with the escalation of tuition and housing costs. You don't pattern yourself well early on. You're just going to set yourself back. You can't be keeping up with the Joneses. Right. Another trick that I, um, I, I think is a great one is never spend a dollar bill. Every time you get dollars in change... Stick them in your back pocket or, you know, hide them someplace Mm -hmm. um, from yourself. And then at the end of the day, when you go home, put them in a tin box, put them in a little safe, put them in uh, someplace. And 
you'd be surprised how quickly those dollars add up. You'll probably save $150 a month just by doing that. my girlfriend does something like that, except she does it with her change. Mm -hmm. So whenever she gets change, that goes in her pocket. She never pulls it out to pay down a partial, you know, if it's like a buck seventy, she won't ever pull change out. She'll pay with the two and then take the the change, put it in her pocket. When she gets home, she has a little carafe, like you would normally put orange juice in. She dumps her change in it. Mm -hmm. And when the carafe fills up, she takes it into the bank and has them do the little change thing with it. And it turns, you know, that carafe turns into a hundred bucks. You know, that uh, that's one way to do something similar. It is uh, something similar, but you have to carry change around. And it doesn't add up quite as quickly. <laughs> no, it's, you're just change, taking the change and carrying it home and putting it into mm-hmm. something. That's all. Uh, so 800-259-9231. If you've got tips here, simple things that you did maybe to change your lifestyle, change your habits. And I have to say, and I know that uh, our longtime listeners have heard this one before, but vices have to be a huge Huge habit you should take a look at. Uh, if you're smoking cigarettes, a pack a day. Some people do two packs a day. Pack a day, that's twelve hundred bucks a year if you're only paying three dollars or three fifty a pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're sitting here drinking Dr. Thunder, mm-hmm. a, uh, a Coca-Cola or a um, Dr. Pepper ripoff brand, and that's good. You're buying um, private label soda, which is cheaper than the name brand stuff. But I used to be amazed, Mark, when I used to work in retail. I used to work at Kmart, and I, and I was just stunned when I would see somebody come through with 10 two-liter bottles of soda and then a couple of flats of canned soda. Obviously, Sounds like a party to buy, me. No, it was like a mom buying soda for her whole family, mm. basically. And I just felt, I just thought to, my, thought to myself, wow, I mean, this woman's spending several dollars perhaps every week or every other week on soda that she could be putting into a college fund for her kids or into a savings account for her retirement or something like that. This is not necessary. You don't need soda to live. This is totally a luxury. Look at things like that, simple little things you take for granted that aren't really necessary in order to enjoy and, and live life. You know, it's. I think that it's one thing that uh, parents parents can really do for kids is uh, to teach them to enjoy drinking water. It's good for you. Totally. It, uh, it, it Honestly, when you're, when you're eating uh, fatty foods, water supposedly, I've, I've read articles, I'm, I'm a little uh, reticent to believe all of it, but supposedly water uh, it makes it a little more difficult to assimilate the fat. It's it's free. It has no calories. It's good for you. It's too. very good stuff. My wife loves drinking water. She's always loved drinking water since she was a little girl. It took me a while to transition. I uh, when I was younger was a soda drinker. Mm-hmm. I would have I I had a um, Dr. Rocket, the Kmart version of uh, Dr. Pepper. I'd always have a six pack in my locker at Kmart when I worked there, and I'd go on my breaks and drink that. And then when I finally was convinced uh, by a friend to switch to water, I really had to push myself. I didn't like the way water tasted. And uh, I really just had to force myself to, to drink water on a daily basis. You remember, I carried around a gallon jug. Yes, you did. And uh, and after a while, I really developed quite a taste for it. It's to the point where if I'm thirsty, water will taste sweet to me. Right. You, you don't even accept from me uh, sodas. I've offered them to you on multiple occasions. I don't like them anymore. Yeah. But believe it or not, th- there are times where... How long where, did it take you? Where I, what, to not like soda? Yeah. I mean, what, what was the transition period like for I can't recall how one? long it took because I just ter- totally turned off other drinks for a while mm-hmm. and went all water. I drink um, fruit juice now Weeks, occasionally as well. Months? I'd say probably a couple months. Okay. Just constantly drinking water. But now I love it, and it's just something I would never change. I would never give that up, and, and it saves me who knows how much mm-hmm. uh, spending on soda and other things like that. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Talk to Gary in Illinois. Gary, you're on Free Talk Live with the Mark. Hello. Oh, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, nothing much. Um, you talk about, you know, second hands. There's nothing wrong with second hand in an auction. 
So you don't want to use garage sales alongside of the road. I live in the Midwest. Absolutely. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. If you've got a dirty job, you're going to go out and cut wood and get grease and oil all over you. Why go out and spend the money on new clothes? Buy something that you know is you know, going to fit. Go get tore up. Oh, boy, you're out of dollar. That's a great point. If you've got more, hang on. We'll come back to you. And here, I want to hear from you as well. When did you realize that what you were doing was fiscally irresponsible in your life? What did it take to, uh, to hammer that home for you? And how did you change your habits? How did you change your life? And how has it made a difference for you? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you send in $3 a month, and we take that money and turn it around into promoting the show and getting on more radio stations across the country, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty, and in this case, fiscal responsibility. Uh, so head over to amp.freetalklive.com. There's some perks like uh, access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forums, and chat room. Uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com, talking about saving. And it's a concept that, unfortunately, many Americans, they just don't, they just don't get it. I mean, I wish I could say it, uh, put it nicer than that, but most Americans are in the dark when it comes to being fiscally responsible. They get their paycheck at the end of the week. They've been waiting all week to get it. They go out and go out to the bar and get drunk, and then they continue to splurge and buy purses and shoes and all kinds of things and cigarettes and soda pop and things they don't really need, go out to eat more often than they should, all kinds of things. You know, go out to get grab fast food when they're out at work, when they could have packed a lunch at home. All these things add up to reduce the amount of money in your pocket in the long run. And if you actually take, if you actually discipline yourself to some extent and make just small, subtle changes to your life, you can really start socking away some serious cash. And then 20, 30, 40 years down the line, after interest has compounded and, and you've continued to be consistent about putting money, uh, putting money away, you could very well end up being a, a millionaire, if not a multimillionaire. Mm. But you have to stick with it and you have to be consistent. And what I'd love to hear from you is... Your story. Were you financially ignorant? What did it take to wake you from your slumber? And how did you, what changes did you make to your life? And how effective has it been? We'd love to hear your story. 800 259 9231. Let's bring Gary back from Illinois. Gary, you had a few more tips for us, but before you go on, I have to say, I have to compliment you on your garage sailing advice. Fantastic idea. When I moved up here to New Hampshire, I got rid of almost all of my furniture uh, down in Florida. And it was my plan in advance to come here and just start hitting the garage sales every week. You're not going to find everything you're looking for the first week out. But, you know, you what, can live a few weeks without a couch. Absolutely. Whether it be a couch or a dining room set or whatever it is you're looking for, if you look at enough garage sales, you might have to get up at 7 or 8 in the morning on a Saturday. But if you look at, at enough garage sales, you're going to find that stuff, and it's going to be dirt, dirt cheap compared to going to Lazy Boy or whatever and buying it brand new. And you can haggle it. Not only is the price that's on the, uh, the piece of furniture going to be better than any brand new uh, store, but you can probably get them to come down. And they will work with you. Yep, exactly. So what else did you have for us? Well, they'll work with you on garage sales and auctions. You can get flats of linens, of curtains, of clothing, all this stuff that was good at one time. 
and towards the end of an auction or trying to get on to the next item, they'll just keep throwing it in and throwing it in, and there may be some hidden jewels that you can take back, put in your own garage sale, make that 2 or $3 back. In the long run, you're the one making the money, not anybody else. Common yeah. sense. Having your own garage sale is a great idea, too. You can get rid of a lot of crap you don't need in your life and make a couple of bucks off of it. Yes, you can. Tax-free. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Anything else, Gary? Well, just um, use some common sense. And it's so sad when I go into people that are in their early teens and their early tw- or late teens and early 20s, and they don't even know how to make a salad for a home meal. It's everything got to be coming out of a bag or a mm-hmm. box. It's so sad. Hmm. Well, bagged salad is not the most awful thing, necessarily, um, if you don't no, make I mean salads. out of a, I mean out of a McDonald's bag. A oh, right, bag, right, right, right. Because they don't know nothing but fast food drive through I cook a, I cook the steak that I saved for the last two weeks out of my freezer, and I got a nice salad, a nice baked potato, and that piece of sirloin. I've got maybe three dollars in it. But these guys I know they'll go all the way over to Vincennes or Evansville and spend three dollar gallon gas, sixty bucks on a meal. They're mm-hmm. back and forth, and I'll take my fifty two dollars and put it in my pocket. Right, yeah, it's sixty bucks on the meal after they've already gone to a movie for two, spending you know uh, eight bucks a ticket plus exactly. popcorn or whatever. I mean, it really, it just. And then they go out to have some drinks afterward. I mean, it's and then the bad point about it. They swipe that Mastercard through it. Yeah, and then they're the paying interest in on it all. And then they pay twenty five percent, and then they whine on payday. Well, I got a credit card payment. Well, use your brain, not yeah. your pocketbook. Well, it's sad. You said it's sad when it's uh, you know someone in their late teens or twenties. But at least at that point, they have a better chance of turning themselves around if they can talk to somebody with some sense like you. Uh, it's even worse when you see somebody in you know their forties doing that same thing. They don't want to listen. They know it all. Gary, great call, man. Thanks for the advice. We appreciate hearing from you. You know, that thing about uh, steak, beef costs a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when for a restaurant to make money on uh, a steak, they have to, you know, charge a good deal. Uh, steak somewhere between 15 and $20 at a restaurant, and those sure. are just the, you know, your average restaurant. If you're going to uh, one of these big high-end steakhouses, you're liable to be paying uh, 30 or $40 for that steak. <sighs> and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that some of the best steaks I've had in my life I've gotten at restaurants, but... I've had really ord- – mostly I've had ordinary steaks at restaurants that, um, you know, I, I could have gotten just as easily gotten a, a good steak at the grocery store and got it for 7 or $8. Let's continue with the phone calls. John in Texas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hey. Uh, everything you were saying and, and what the last caller said was really true because uh, – uh, I was in like that uh, boat, you know, where I was spending, living it up, mm-hmm. drinking. I'm retired military uh, vet. I'm a, a vet from uh, Vietnam. Okay. And what happened when I got out? I was working in the city of Dallas, and uh, I was still, you know, living the life, smoking and spending. And then I started noticing things. People were getting sick. People, you know, I work with, and they were living it up, drinking and so forth. So I narrowed it down to uh, alcohol and tobacco. So I quit. They laughed at me and said, you couldn't do that. Hmm. I did it. And hmm. what happened was I would go to the door to go out, and I didn't have much of a, of a place to go because I was so used to that uh, nightlife. And so what happens, I started noticing, I started saving money. Yep. I was accumulating money like it was going out of sight. <laughs> And then I was going to places like uh, tool sh- uh, sales, and I started building cabinets, tables. I got a router and started experimenting with that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
I got up to where, you know, over 100K. Wow. And uh, I started investing in platinum, gold, uh, silver, and I made money off that. Excellent. Right. Easy steps. You know, you don't have to know Easy. how to invest first and foremost. What you need to know is how to save. And then once you can right. figure out how to save, then you can learn how to invest your savings. Now, how long did it take you to get to that 100000 Just curious. It took, uh, let me see, I say it took about... Six years. That's incredible, man. Six years. Now, uh, about the buying the gold and the silver and the platinum and that kind of thing, I found that uh, I, I do like to buy things. I enjoy that feeling of buying things. But with when I buy gold and silver, I'm I'm buying things, but I'm also putting that money away at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do you get right. that feeling, too? Uh-huh. Mm. Now, what were you spending? Just curious. You were going out. You were going to the clubs. You were drinking or whatever, going to the bars. What were you spending on an average weekend on alcohol? Oh, my goodness. I th I didn't think it was as much as it was, but it must have been a lot. It must have been about oh, sixty five, seventy five dollars a night. Whew, wow, sixty five bucks a sixty five bucks a night. If you're only going one night, that's sixty dollars, sixty bucks a night. Uh, you're doing. You were smoking cigarettes too, right? Oh yeah, you know, two three packs a day. Even at even at one pack a day, I mean, you're looking at uh, twelve hundred bucks a year there at sixty dollars mm -hmm. uh, at sixty dollars a week. I mean, that's another three thousand dollars just to drink uh, one that's night just a week. One night a week, right? Uh, that's just one night. Make it two. So yeah, I mean, if you're making it two, then we're looking at you're looking at ten thousand dollars that you spent on uh, alcohol and cigarettes, and it, you can easily see how that could add up seriously quickly. Mm -hmm. So c uh -huh. congratulations to you for uh, for figuring it out, and you you did it all on your own, didn't you? Right, and uh, I tell you what, right now I'm afraid of tobacco and alcohol. I don't go anywhere near it. I, but I did keep three bottles I had for about 10, 10 or 11 years. And uh, it's uh, some scotch, some cognac, and uh, Crown Royal. Mm -hmm. They're unopened. I haven't touched them. I said if I ever need them or I figure I need a drink, I will get them. I'm going to give those things away because I think I done beat the game. How many, you how many years has it been for you now? Uh, I guess it has been about 10, about Eight, nine, ten years. Ten years, I think. That's amazing. It's a real success story. It's incredible. Right. John, thank you for sharing your story. We really oh, appreciate yeah. hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That was exactly what I was looking right. for. Right. This is, the, um, you know, his story is something that the average person can do to take control of their finances. You know, there's no reason you've got to be a slave to um, alcohol and tobacco and all those other things. There's no reason for it. Now, not to say that uh, alcohol is an awful thing. I mean, if you can control yourself, mm. if you can use it, for instance, as a reward, instead of going out as a regular thing right. every weekend and spending this amount of money, maybe you save X amount of dollars, and for every X amount of dollars you save, you allow yourself to go out one night. Or instead of smoking cigarettes, you smoke a cigar. 800-259-9231. Would still love to hear your story as well. How did you figure it out, if you have figured it out, that uh, saving's an important thing? What's your story? Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. 
And that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features for free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls here and talk to Matt in Michigan. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, I want to do uh, talk about immigration. Certainly. Um, well, I'm a libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist for that matter. Okay. Um, but I, I think that restricted immigration is uh, legitimate to some extent. Um, now, who's going to restrict this immigration if you're an anarcho-capitalist? Well, obvious, I'm saying if the government is going to exist, this should if, – if it is going to maintain public property, it okay. has to uh, maintain this protective function. Now, why do you say that this immigration restriction is necessary? Um, well – the idea of restricted immigration is that no one, a libertarian restricted immigration, would be that no one would be able to come into the country unless invited by someone inside of the country such that we wouldn't forcibly integrate any of the people within the United States. So you, you're saying someone has to invite another person before they can get here? Why is that important to you? Well... I feel that with the public property such that it is, a, an immigrant could come into this country and basically interact with every single person in the United States just without even violating private property. And I feel that that's forced integration, which should be avoided under a private property uh, system. And forced would be, integration? I don't understand. Yeah. What's that mean? Well, if someone, say doesn't like Hispanics and Mexicans are coming in, then and they have to interact with them because they're using the public roads and things of that nature, they, mm -hmm. they shouldn't have to do that. So how would exactly people inviting others in fix that right. problem? Do you, do you imagine for a second that uh, there wouldn't be somebody out of the 300 million people in the United States that wouldn't invite people in, somebody in? I mean, well, everyone get, would get invited. Right. I want to. I want to invite a whole bunch of uh, immigrants in in here, and they're going to come in and uh, like a first any first generation immigrants. They're not necessarily going to know the language, and so what's? I mean, how is that going to solve your problem? That that wouldn't. It, the invitation wouldn't be just like, "Hey, I'd like you to come into this country." Mm -hmm. It would have to be a contract that would say, "I'm going to give you housing. I'm going to, or a job, or housing and a job." Right, and, right. And now you're well, calling. They wouldn't be living on the public streets or in parks or things of that nature. Right. Well, most immigrants aren't living in those places. They're living in houses. They're renting apartments and that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, so, so in this world that you're envisioning, where there's this system that the immigrants have to go through, and there's a system today. You're just envisioning your own version of it. Um, what's the border going to look like? Well, uh, there, in the areas which are not privately owned. I would imagine the government would either have to contract someone, that would be the best solution to protect it. However, they're probably not going to do that. So I suppose uh, government would have to protect the borders. 
So why is it you calling yourself an anarcho-capitalist again? I mean, somebody who – anarcho-capitalist well, is sort of a long term for, for, for a free marketeer, in my opinion at least. Um, the idea that you don't think the government can do anything right and uh, you want to get the – you know, put the market uh, in, the, in the place of the government. Uh, it doesn't sound to me like you're much of an anarcho-capitalist. I mean, with all due respect. Well, um, there are other anarcho-capitalists who do argue this point. Uh, Hans Hopp over at the Mises Institute is, has written lengthy articles and essays on this topic. And um, it, I, I don't think that the government is the best solution, and I think if we could get 100% of the country being private property, this wouldn't be an issue at all. Because so why people... even argue for this midpoint nonsense? I mean, you're, you're talking about changes to the system, which you probably understand are very, very difficult to actually make happen because it's government, and you aren't going to be able to be in charge of how government changes itself. So why even waste the time putting forth these opinions? If what you if what you really want is to get the government completely out of uh, of owning property, why not just simply advocate that? Well, I mean, you, I, I was just saying uh, on a point where if we are going to assume the government exists, which I, you talk about free immigration, and you're still assuming that the government exists, and so I just feel that a, a better libertarian position would be. Uh, Preventing forced integration, but also preventing. I don't understand um, how I, I don't I don't agree with you that um, me walking down a street and seeing a uh, a Hispanic person is in any way forcing anything at all, sir. I, I can't agree yeah, I, at I, all. I don't get that either because aren't you forced to um, in, in with that line of thinking? Aren't you forced to deal with all kinds of people who are then American citizens? Why should you be forced to deal with American citizens? Yeah, I don't like dealing with people with blonde hair. I mean, it just. I don't know. I mean, the, the forced integration point just uh, I, it, it passes me by. I don't understand it. Uh, I guess I guess it is difficult to explain in in brief. But uh, the main idea is that with the government, you do have sovereign borders, and so you would have to. It has a duty to protect that. What is, what is, is a sovereign border anyway? I mean, I understand borders are sort of lines on a map, but what is a sovereign border? Well. The United States claims sovereignty over a certain area, and inside of that area, with their imaginary lines, is their sovereign border. Yeah, I, I understand what a border is. Why, um, why does our border have to be sovereign? I, I don't understand that. Uh, I mean, we just I, choose to make it so. I, I'm not. I mean, it's a sovereign government. It's I. I mean, it's not the semantics aren't really important. I'm it's, just trying. You have to understand. We're just trying to get what, where you're coming from here because what you're talking about is not I've in any way. I've never heard of it before. No, not certainly not from anybody calling themselves a libertarian, especially not anyone calling themselves an anarcho-capitalist, because libertarians believe that uh, people should not uh, the government. Should, uh, people shouldn't use force in order to achieve uh, political or social goals. Lots of libertarians believe in a, a, a sovereign border, as it were. I understand that, but I, these are not positions that are traditionally libertarian. I don't care what lots of libertarians believe. Uh, the traditional libertarian position is hands-off, and as long as somebody isn't damaging your property, you, don't have anything, you shouldn't have any say as to whether or not they can come and go on this so-called public property. It doesn't bother me if people of different colors are walking down the same street that I'm walking on if it's a, a government-owned street, and I don't see why that's even an issue with you. Are you xenophobic? Oh, no, not at all. I don't have a problem with that. I'm saying some people do, and in, in a world of anarcho-capitalism where there is 100% private property, you could create a community that would say no one of 
whatever I don't like. You sure and could come in here. You could do that right when now. When you have a government, you you open up the ability for forced integration. I just think that the the best position while we do have a government is to both prevent forced integration and forced exclusion. That but is, why do you think, I mean, as a libertarian, don't you understand that government can't solve problems, that government isn't very good at what it tries to do, that when government tries to do something, it usually ends up in, in the opposite of its original intentions, or at the very least, just abject failure? I mean, you do understand that, right? I understand that government is it, it's inefficient, it's horrible at everything it does. I just think that they should, this is something that they should do if they are to exist, simply because it protects the same ideas that you would have in a anarcho-capitalist society. I don't know if I agree, but thanks for the call. We appreciate you trying. 800-259-9231. I think the idea that, that be, simply because there is a border that it must be sovereign and must be protected um, is a little erroneous. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, is, New Hampshire has a border. There aren't state troopers sitting on, that, sitting on that border watching people come in and go out. Well, Boston, or excuse me, Massachusetts state troopers have watched that happen when, for instance, it's around the 4th of July. People from Massachusetts will go up and purchase fireworks in New Hampshire and try At to smuggle At least they're watching back. their own citizens and not yeah, ours. True. I, I just, wow, that was a, just a bewildering call. I mean, I would expect a call like that to come from somebody who's an anti-immigrant zealot, uh, not someone calling themselves a uh, liberty-minded person. I think he was trying to get a point out, and to some extent or another, his point was lost on us. It I totally think. was. Uh, the point it is... Was either illogical or we weren't getting it. Right, the One point the is, as, as a liberty-oriented person, you understand that government is not the key to solving a perceived problem. So if your problem is you feel like you're being forced to deal with people, please don't go to the government to solve that problem because it's just going to use more force on all of us to get us to behave in the way it wants us to. 800-259-9231. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are for free. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, never fear. They're all right there on the front page. Easy to download, just click. There's no logging in, no membership fee. None of that nonsense those other radio talk show hosts want to put you through in order to get their archives. Ours are all for free at freetalklive.com. How about your mattress? Was it? It was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rests mattresses are made of 100, 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Let's go to the phones, and then on the way we'll talk about how uh, so, what's going on at the borders in America. Since we're talking about immigration, there's news from the southern border about a t- uh, more delays. Why? Why? Why is it taking longer to get back into the United States? Uh, we will explain, and in the meantime, we go to Ed in Kentucky, listening to WKCT. Hello, Ed. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was wondering if you got the numbers for us on how many American jobs would be created if uh, those jobs that are currently being held by illegal um, immigrants were given to American workers, and I mean American workers of American citizens of all races, colors, creeds, how many Americans could be employed if these illegals were made to leave the country? 
Well, first of all, I think that um, I don't have those numbers necessarily, and I think that it's a fantasy um, because, A, you can't make these so-called illegals leave the country. You're talking about over 20 million people. Some have estimated as high as 38 million. Uh, the, the idea of extracting all those people from the American economy would devastate the American economy, even if you could do it, which you can't, because it would take a tremendous police state action uh, that would de- destroy all of our liberties in order to get something like that to happen in the first place. But let's go to a real life example of what really is happening. The uh, government is using its police state tactics to kick in businessmen, uh, business people's doors, hold business people at gunpoint as they ruffle through their files and check identification of their workers. This is, a, this is resulting in many people being deported, uh, many of these immigrants being deported, and those jobs are supposedly opening up. Many of them uh, are in California, they're farm jobs. And we wrote a story last week on the air that pointed out that California farmers are saying that they're very concerned because their fields are going to the fruit is going to start rotting on the trees because they can't find American workers to fill these job positions. Those positions are open and they're looking to hire but uh, Americans aren't coming through and so what they're doing as a result now is many farmers are actually just taking their farms and moving them down to Mexico. So that's what's happening. That's what reality is all about. Yeah, but what about the reality of the liberty for American workers to find jobs and employers to be forced to pay American workers what it's worth? Because let's be realistic. Here. Forced? The money why do you want to force people? Want to pay people isn't worth doing it, and that's why American workers won't—they won't work for two dollars an hour. You can't afford to. Well, it's worth so let's it. Let's be realistic. Who, well, who's taking the money? The, the farmers freedom, are, not the American workers. Uh, how about the about freedom of the liberty? American people to have um, reasonably? priced, uh, you know, products. I mean, do you know what an orange is going to cost if you have to pay me to pick it? Because I want 150 grand a year to do it. Yeah, but that money's coming back into the economy for America. It's not going overcharging to for overcharging for things isn't going to uh, do us any good because at that point so people are going to be able to afford far less. So they're so the liberties for illegal aliens is more important for them to be at liberty to take jobs from American workers than it is for American workers to be given a a good job and a fair wage. Protectionism isn't liberty um, any more than uh, if you were not allowed to buy any store but Walmart um, to force uh, uh, businesses to to buy their labor from only one pool isn't liberty at all. I mean that's a misuse right. of the term. Yeah. The, uh, so so illegal people can be hired and that's it's better for illegal people to get the jobs than it is for American workers. No sir. Baseline, that's, that's, nobody's that's nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that. First of all, there shouldn't be people that are considered illegal. People are just people. First point number one. Uh, Secondly, what liberty is all about is you being able to do what you want with your property. Now, if you own a business, and do you own a business, sir? No, but let okay, me... Okay, then that, that sort that, of explains one of the... If I walk on somebody else's property, I'm going to be arrested for trespassing. Uh-huh. And that's illegal. So these people coming into our country without going through the proper procedures, it is still illegal. Well, it is I'm, still unlawful. I think that that's... I, I think that there's something wrong with your analogy, because you're saying that it's somebody no, else's property. there's nothing wrong with it. It's common sense. Well, wait, wait, wait a second. Let me... Hold on. Let, let, there is no common sense. Everybody wants to complicate it. Slow okay, down. okay. So I'm stupid. Now let, me, now, now let my analogy go forward f- first. When you say that if you step on somebody's property, uh, you... you could get criminal trespassing charges. That's absolutely true. But when you're talking about America, you're talking about a country of 300 million people. I personally want people from other countries who want to work hard and don't want to milk the system. I want them here. So 
I've just, um, I've just, I welcome them. So you can't so, say. So do I. But there's a process that you go through. The same you know what it is? process that you go through if you want to go on someone's property, you ask permission. Yeah. Okay. That's okay, fine. That's basic. That's easy to understand. Uh, there sure so what's is. What's hard about that? Well, well here's the problem. The property you're concerned with is supposedly owned by everyone. It's called public property. It's this nonsense called the commons. It's uh, called the. It's called the United States of America, and within its borders. Well, what's the within the principle. borders of what's within the borders of the United States is a variety of property. M- much of it is uh, public property. Some of it is private property. And less, there is far less public than private. Far more property in this country is owned by private interest than by public. You'd by be far. shocked. Not west of the Mississippi. Uh, most of it's owned by the federal government. Take a look west at Alaska. Mississippi. Uh, but anyway, yes, you're right. You should ask permission to come on somebody's private property. But what you're talking about when it comes to the immigration process in this country, I don't know if you're really aware of how draconian and how repressive and how totalitarian it is. I mean, these people... It ain't have, Ellis Island anymore. Right, these people have to wait a decade. If they, I mean, they have to apply and they have to pay hundreds if not thousands of dollars, and hire lawyers, oh, immigration attorneys, in order to just simply apply to well, come then, here. I, then that's good, because it teaches them what it is to be an American, because it's like that for all, all oh, great. Americans so, that live here. So that's good. Bad. It's good to have stupid hoops for people to jump through and mandatory fees that go to the government. That's a good thing. Why do you want, to, uh, why do you want people because to be I burdened to with that? Because I the same thing, just to get a driver's right. license. Right, so you, you it's like the cycle of abuse then, right? i got to do the same thing. Why shouldn't they? To compare a driver's license to what people have to do to get into this country that's absurd is, is well yeah. if you lived in new york you'd understand what i meant by bureaucracy but i'm just telling you I, american I, citizens got to jump through hoops like everybody else and we pay taxes to do it so why shouldn't they be made to do the same the the hoops that we have to jump through just by being american citizens are nothing compared to the immigration hoops huh. and and it's nothing compared to the the hoops that your ancestors likely had to jump through to come to this country whether it's legally or illegally right, they had or, to show you know, up the, there was no law at that time um you know but prior to 1875 or so there, there wasn't any federal law at all. Um, and that was the first one they passed was they weren't going to let Chinamen into the country because, um, just specifically Chinamen, because they were uh, coming and working too cheaply on the railroads. America has been built by its immigrants, immigrants that came to this country to work cheaply, and Americans of all colors have benefited from those immigrants. Let me give you a vision real quick, Ed. I want to hear what you think about it. How about this? Let's get rid of all the government welfare programs, because that's one of the concerns, is that immigrants are coming here and they're you know mooching the welfare system. So let's get rid of the welfare programs right Entirely. off the bat. And then let's let people come here that want to make a better life for themselves. They could still jump through all the hoops once they get here. They'll still have to get their licenses and all the other nonsense that government forces us all to do, so that way they can jump through the same hoops that you've jumped through, and you'll feel good about that. How's that sound? Great, as long as they have to pay to do it. They shouldn't just walk in and get everything handed to them. Oh, nothing should be handed to them. We we just said we should get rid of the welfare system, but you still think they should have to pay to come here after that? They should have to go through the process, either by blood, sweat, tears, how... You said our immigrants did it, and you are, or our ancestors did it, and you're exactly correct. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate the time. Appreciate the call. The process should be come here. If you can get here, you should be able to live more free. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition of the program, toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. The wiki's there with over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. Go ahead and get editing, because it's like a listener-editable version of our website. Head on over and get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com, w-i-k-i.freetalklive.com. And do you do you want to pay higher prices for goods and services? No. Well, most of us don't. That last caller, he sounded like he wanted to. But, uh, well, you do every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. You know, Mark, that last call that we had from uh, from Ed in Kentucky had a lot of really unhealthy attitudes in it that I wanted to single out and point out as uh, something that people should be aware of. And Well, I think Ed's thinking about the problem and trying to come up with solutions, but... He's kind of been, to, to some extent, indoctrinated by the, uh, the the system. The system, exactly. And that's what I wanted to get at was this uh, – the system has been so prevalent in our lives. I mean, we were raised by the government. Ed started out – raised by the government school system, most of us. Ed started out his call by talking about how he wanted the government to force business owners to do this and this and this. And America is supposed to be a free country where you have liberty, and liberty means if you've got property, you can do what you want with it, as long as you aren't harming anybody else. So it's very unliberty oriented, very un-American to use the the violence of the state, to use the uh, the the coercion of government to force business owners to do things that you think they should do. Why don't you just let the business owner decide what he wants to do? And if you don't like it, go try starting your own business and competing. Well, um, I, you know, if we were forced to buy products at certain stores or forced to pay certain prices for things, that would certainly wouldn't be very liberty oriented. Nope. And that's really what's going on when you try to you try to uh, you know protect American labor by not allowing uh, immigrants to come in. You're essentially it's the same as a business uh, going to the government and saying, "Hey, I want to force people to pay higher prices." That's no good. That's not fair. We don't want that. Now. And remember, when immigrants come here and they work cheaply for companies in America, they provide all of us lower-cost goods and services. Also, they don't take American jobs. That is nonsense. It is, uh, it's essentially just a uh, – it's either misinformation or it's an out-and-out out lie, uh, one or the other. It's economic uh, just misinformation. Right. The well, fact is when somebody comes here and they're given a job – that doesn't take another job away from another person, whether it's an immigrant or an American or a female or a male. The job isn't uh, taken away from somebody else. There are other jobs that will be created in order for those positions to be filled. So if a whole bunch of immigrants come here and take a bunch of low-level jobs... They're going to eat stuff. They're going to drive things. They're going to live somewhere. They're going to want to be entertained. They're going to wear clothes. They're going you know, to do all kinds of things. They're, and therefore, they increase business for all of us. Exactly. So they're in, they're, the fact that they're here increases demand on... On other products and services, which means new jobs will be created. I mean, this is just simple economics here. Uh, but unfortunately, this is also something they don't teach you in government schools. Additionally, another problem with government schools is they allow, they, they foster people not learning the language. They'll teach them in their own language. And that doesn't make any sense. 
Additionally, my biggest issue with what Ed had to say, and I hear this a lot, and I've heard it recently, especially when we were talking about our friend Lauren Canario being arrested for not having a driver's license, uh, is this sort of abuse mentality, this cycle of abuse that is is so prevalent amongst the American people today. The idea, Ed was saying, well, well, immigrants should have to pay a bunch of money in order to, to come here because, well, I had to pay in order to get my driver's license, my business license, and my this and that, and I, you know, I had to jump through a bunch of hoops. Right, you pay every... Every year we pay income taxes, we pay state some some state income taxes, certainly uh, sales tax, you pay a property tax, you you know if all you're in business regulations, licensing, inspections, all corporate kinds taxes, of, all kinds of paperwork goes along with all this. This sucks away a lot of our money and a lot of our time doing the paperwork. Likely somewhere in the neighborhood of half your money, if not more. So what you're seeing here is this attitude of the cycle of abuse. Since government, the attitude is, well, government abused me, so therefore you should... It is should, abusing us. Right. So therefore you should be abused as much as I've been abused. It's kind of like hazing, getting into a fraternity or something. It really is, but it's a fraternity that nobody really wants to be in in the first place. Right. And uh, why can't we just advocate the removal of the hazing process? Why can't we advocate less government and less hazing and less abuse and less uh, less taxes, less paperwork, instead of demanding that everyone be subjected to the same amount of taxes and, and paperwork demands as everybody else? In fact, those like the government's a good thing, right? In fact, those immigrants should have to do twice as much paperwork and pay twice as much as we should because darn it, that I had to pay and you should too, right? And it's just it's unhealthy. It's not taking us in the right direction. Demanding that everyone be abused as much as you've been abused just continues the cycle of abuse. To, look, I'm sorry that you were abused by the government. I was too. Currently being abused uh, by yes, the government. Yes, we're all being abused to some extent or another by the government. I'm sorry about that, okay? It's not something I can control. But instead of demanding that it continue or demanding that it expand, can we turn that around, please? I'd just like to know how you feel about that. 800-259-9231, because we see it everywhere. Our friend Lauren Canario was arrested a couple of weeks ago for driving without uh, driving while license suspended. She's not a dangerous driver. She just didn't want to follow the government's silly little road rules anymore, and she didn't want to beg them for permission in order to go and go about her business. Now, the fact that she was arrested for this has resulted in all kinds of similar comments to what Ed was saying. What?! These are the laws in this country. This is a nation of laws, and how dare she disobey the law? And she should be put in a jail cell where I have to pay $40,000 a year to keep her there. Well, how dare she do this? How dare she step off the plantation and try to live free when we're all, being li- when we're all living as slaves? If I'm going to live as a slave, then everyone should live as a slave. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a sickness. I, I, I understand the point you're trying to make. I don't necessarily agree with uh, Lauren's tactics um, as, as far as that goes. But, you know, I mean... Uh, I personally think we need some kind of licensing for people driving on the road, but I do understand the uh, the, the cycle of abuse point you're making. Right. The people are yell- screaming at the top of their lungs, talking about how they think that she should be punished, and this is great, and they're happy that she's in a jail cell. Right. And- the punishment Ew. she's getting at this point is well beyond what anyone would get for driving on a suspended license. She isn't driving on a suspended license. She just refused to show her papers to the... Uh, I think her license is suspended, but... Uh, Whatever. She's still driving safely. And again, those aren't the issues. She's now in jail indefinitely. They're not giving her any hearings or anything like that. She's just being held because she refuses to participate in their system. 
And that upsets people. It upsets people when somebody else has the courage to just say no to the system. Right. That's somebody, what the issue Somebody is. came up with a little game, and we call that game um, licensing of drivers. Mm-hmm. And if uh, Lauren doesn't want to play that game, then she should be, what, imprisoned for an indefinite period of time? That, it seems harsh. Right, yeah. It's the equivalent of the other Americans taking their pieces in the game board and just you know, flipping them up and yelling and screaming like a, a small child would. Now, I agree with, to some extent, the game that we have. I think that uh, one needs to be licensed to drive, that we probably shouldn't let people that are just horrible, horrible drivers on the roads. I think that we uh, Well, the government licensing let... process isn't stopping that, Mark. It's not. It, it's, it, it helps police officers when they stop you to know whether or not they've stopped somebody who's an abusive driver. Um, you know, and uh, people that are extraordinarily young from driving. I mean, you know, at what point should people be allowed to drive? When it, they can reach the pedals. Yeah. Well, I, I, I uh, and see over the steering steered wheel. as a six-year-old. Um, when my dad would let me, we had a long driveway. I lived mm-hmm. out in the country, and my dad would let me steer on the way in. Should dad have been given a fine for that? Um, I was in the car with my father. I think yeah. that that's. I, I think that that that's how children should be taught to drive by their parents. All right, 800-259-9231, whether you want to comment on the cycle of abuse, immigration, or whatever's on your mind, let's go to the phones and talk to Brandon in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live. Brandon. How you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I actually, I was just listening to Ed call, the previous caller, about immigration, and I actually wanted to share one of my experiences, because I have firsthand knowledge of this process that you're referring to. The immigration process where somebody wants to move into uh, to America, to the United States, and the paperwork and the fines and all of the bureaucratic nonsense they have to go through in order to do it. Tell us your story here in a moment, Brandon. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. We'll take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are totally free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It doesn't matter if you're buying a used item or a new item. There are 41 categories for you to shop in, and you know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. I mean, they're reliable, good quality products, uh, the brands you know, great system. If you ever shopped there before, you know one of my favorites. One of my favorite uh, parts about Amazon has to be the thing where you can rate the products. You can leave comments, so you can actually get an idea for what the product is like before you actually buy it. Anyway, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Talking immigration, but you can bring up whatever you want. Let's go back to Brandon in Japan. Now, Brandon, you were going to tell us a story about your experience with uh, the immigration rules and regulations here in America. Yeah, absolutely. Um, about four years ago, um, the process, just for real quick clarification, the process that I'm familiar with is not... Uh, somebody who lives in another country and wants to come to stay and live with America, but somebody who actually already got in and needed their visa extended. And that was the case with my girlfriend, who then became fiancé later on. Um, She had uh, decided to change majors in college, and uh, part of the U.S. immigration legislation is if you change your majors or you change your academic plan, you no longer have a valid visa, and therefore you have to fill out this form to get it extended. Hmm. Okay. And so the very first thing that she had to do is she had to fill out a, a visa extension form with a $200 processing fee. Wow. And this form required, before you could even turn it in, it required a written account 
no less than 500 words, why you could not complete your studies or changed your major. Hmm. Uh, you had to have a bank statement no older than 30 days that showed that you had the financial resources to pay for your schooling for the next academic year. Now, and most college stu- students probably could not show that. I mean, most American students probably couldn't no. show that. They're getting uh, no, the financial not. aid and um, you know, mom and dad are taking care of it. So, Right, absolutely. But it had to be an official bank statement no older than 30 days. Um, And she also had to have a written academic plan from the college showing when and how she will complete her studies within the time of the extension, and that had to be signed by an academic counselor. Wow. Um, So then they instructed that I had to go down to the San Diego downtown office to turn this thing in. So we went down there one day, and they took a look at this form, and they told us that we went to the wrong office, that we had to go down to the Chula Vista office, which is about 10 to 15 miles south. Okay. Okay. Um, so we went to the Chula Vista office, and we sat for two hours in line. Um, <laughs> and when we finally got up there, they took a look at all of this stuff, and they said that uh, they were sorry, but they would need to process this for a couple of months. And furthermore, that we were at the wrong office, we had to go to the downtown place. Was that where you had just uh, come from? That's just where I was at. <laughs> now, so I want to know, did they, did they keep the 200 At what point do they keep the 200 bucks, and what do they give you for your 200 bucks? Uh, they keep the 200 bucks um, at the Chula Vista office, and they did give me a receipt for that. Okay. Um, but it's, it's not a very detailed receipt. It's just a we received your payment mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so they were being pretty obstinate with me, telling me that you know, this was going to take you know, a couple months to process. And during that time, if we had waited a couple of months, then her visa would have expired and she could have been deported. Right. Um, and, right. It's too, uh, by the way, it a $200 processing fee, you'd think that for $200, things would go relatively quickly. But no, you have to right. wait and wait and wait. Right, because they're the government, right. and they have a monopoly on this. You can't take right. your business elsewhere. It's not like dealing right. with a business. Right, absolutely. So uh, the tone changed when I finally got irritated, and I asked them if they would rather speak to me or speak to my family attorney, which I do have, and she was aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also, on a side note, I don't think many people in America have their own family attorney. So, you know, this is this is another example of where you know this only got resolved because you know my my girlfriend at the time had access to resources that most people who come to this country have absolutely no access to. Absolutely, if you're a poor person, you can't afford an attorney at all. Right. And uh, right. and this whole the whole idea behind America was to open the to open the doors to the poor of the world, those who've been downtrodden by totalitarian That's what the Statue of Liberty says. Right, by totalitarian regimes around the world. The idea was you get here, you can live free. You won't be able to live for free in that you won't be no. able to live off of other people, but you can have freedom and then make a better life for yourself. That's all gone now. Right. So after that, they, you know, they said, well, we can, well, we can rush processes for you, and blah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that this gets taken care of, and we'll give you, a, we'll give you a little temporary note that says that, you know, it's in process, and that should be good for your school, and if you, you know, you get pulled over by a police officer, that won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had to go back to the downtown office uh, to, you know, to submit this form and submit this receipt and and get everything taken care of. So. Uh, all in all, for what is considered by most people to be a substantially easier process than actually coming here on your own, it took me about eight hours that day. So we started in the morning. We didn't get done until the evening. And, you know, it cost us 200 bucks uh, right. just, just to get that stuff processed. But that doesn't count all of the other, you know, stuff that we had to pay for, 
you know, we had to pay to get, you know, this academic plan from the college, and, you know, it's like getting a transcript, and right. you to pay for those. And as you pointed out, she had already, she was already in the country, had already gone through the process of getting, you know, the educational visa or whatever it was that she had in the first place, which I imagine is a little bit easier than just being somebody who isn't going to come here for, uh, for schooling, someone who just wants to come here to make a better life for themselves. It's a much more difficult process for them, and in many of the stories we've been told, not only will they pay this exorbitant uh, application fee, but then the Department of the uh, Department of Immigration or whatever it's called will lose the person's application. They'll follow up on a up. regular basis. Right. All this happens so often. They'll follow up on their application, and the department will say, "What application? We well, they cashed the check, but they don't have the application anymore." And so, sorry, you're going to have to apply again, and don't forget to send another check this time. I mean, really, that's what's going on here. And and it's amazing hearing Americans say, "This is what we need in this country: more fees, more paperwork." What? It's yeah, nuts. absolutely. And so my, my final point to Ed about all of this, and, and, it, and it was really this firsthand account that really kind of drove the point home for me, is that the way that our immigration laws are set up in America is that it's set up so that the people who do follow the rules are the ones who get screwed. Because we've lost a lot of time. doesn't even talk about all the time that we had to do before going to the immigration office. Right, all the preparation, forms, the paperwork, the yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the people who do follow the rules and the people who are trying to live by this, you know, ridiculous standard that ends putting on, they're the ones who are getting screwed. And these are the people who do want to come here and, you know, contribute to the economy and who do want to follow the rules and who do want to be, quote unquote, lawful citizens. But they're, you know, they're, they're getting the business by the government. So I totally understand. And it was after this that I totally understand why, you know, if you're a, if you're a very poor person in a third world country, you have absolutely no future where you live and you're going to, you know, it's either death or, you know, a life of, of abject poverty and or to take your chances and jump a fence or crawl under a tunnel and maybe try to live as a second-class citizen in a better country. Mm-hmm. I know which one I choose. You know, there you go. And, and the the whole idea that anybody who's been to a uh, government uh, agency, whether it's the DMV, the IRS, whatever they've had to deal with, you know, th- that they would wish that on someone else, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's it's yeah. some sort of mental disorder, in my opinion. Brandon, great story, and thank you for making uh, the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line to Indianapolis. Vince is listening on WXNT. Hello, Vince. Vince. What are you guys doing tonight? Good, sir. What's on your mind, Vince? You know, I'm, I like you guys, what you talk about all the time. And, and you know, you talk about the loss of freedoms and all this. And mm-hmm. hearing your last two previous callers is classic examples where they're going on in other areas, too. You know, you know, because you were talking about your lady friend being arrested for no driver's license. and But I've seen on the, because I'm a, an accountant and a part-time lawyer. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I've seen the other side, you know, where people have been injured by the uninsured motorists and all that, where they don't have that insurance, and you know, and where they're basically uprooted from their their way of living. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the most immoral things we do in this country is to require people to have insurance to cover that kind of thing, where we're solving people of their responsibilities. Wait, so you're saying it's uh, immoral to require people to have insurance at all or only specific kind of insurance? Well, specific kinds of insurance or insurance at all, you know. Unless Did you know that to. in New Hampshire that's not required? Auto, automobile insurance is not required by the state in New Hampshire? Yeah, I know that. That's one of the very few states. 
Right, and believe it or not, believe it or not, um, there isn't a big problem here with uninsured drivers. It's amazing. Oh, I can tell you, I would prefer to be hit by a guy who's insured than one who isn't. Well, me too, but that's why they have uninsured drivers insurance that you can buy for yourself, which is a sensible thing to have, I think. Vince, thanks. Uh, We're short on time, man, but thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The fact is, we don't need mandates. Uh, People know what's best for them, and the marketplace provides those options sensible people will purchase those options on their own. If you want to take the risk, you should be free to take that risk. It's not a smart one. I wouldn't take it. No real benefit to it. Hour three's on the way. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Phones are loaded up. If you're on hold, we will get to you. Patience. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on this site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls. Start with Mark in Massachusetts. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Oh, first off, I want to say, you know, I love your guys' show, and there's a definite donation coming EBV, from me. EBV, baby, EBV. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Uh, well, I want to start off by saying, you know, Ed from Kentucky or whatever, he's just, an, like, completely ignorant, and everything he said was just completely, like, horrible. And Unfortunately, you've got a brand guys. new hour, so whole new people are listening. They don't even know what you're talking about. So what else did you have for us? All right, well, I was cruising around on the Internet today, and, you know, I was really bored, so I Googled plans for world domination. Uh-huh. And I came across this person, Mark Benham, and he had this really interesting philosophy on, like, how to take over the world and completely reform it to, like, what his ideas were. All right, what's the executive summary? All right, so he starts off by, like, getting, like, a cult in, like, the United States and then moves to Africa and takes over some, like, third world villages. Like, just takes over all of Africa slowly, like, from village to village to city to city. With a cult? And, uh, yeah, well, like, gathering people from the villages. Like, he'll, make, he'll turn them into, like, his army, like, slowly take, take it over. It's, like, just, like, brainwashing them and then turning them into, like, his little people's army. Uh-huh. Okay, and then what? And then he crosses the uh, the little strait there in between Spain and Africa. Okay. Takes over Spain, Portugal, France, Eastern Europe, and then moves through Russia, the Middle East, slowly, like, just pushing forward into China. You know, he said it would be a cinch to take over Europe and Russia. Sure, no problem. Asia. Walk in the park. Yeah, that's, yeah it's interesting. Then, I've never yeah. even heard this guy's name that's going to take over the world. But go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> then he, he, he went over into uh, Japan and... Like, he said that that was going to be, like, one of the easiest things ever. He would just surround them from the oceans, you know, pinch in slowly on them. And then he said he would go down to Australia, take over them. What are they going to He said, this is an exact quote, what are they going to do, throw kangaroos at me? That's cute. I mean, it's, yeah, like, I'm sure the crazy. Australians will go for that. Yeah, and then he, he said he would go down to Antarctica, take over, like, the three or four people that are actually down there. Right, right, the scientists. And he'd, yeah, he'd move yeah. over up into uh, South America. Create you know, a penguin army. Yeah, steal all their all their cocaine and heroin and all that great stuff. It and sounds like good fiction. United States. Yeah, and, this is a wonderful story. Where does it all end? Um, well, he said that like he would take over the world, and then he said he was gonna like uniform it to his specific like wants and needs of like racial and um, pretty much like his horrible like communist kind of communist ways. He said that he would, like erase like kind of get rid of all the people that, like, were below his standards. He'd have, like, an education test. Yeah. And he'd, like, wipe out the people that were, like, below his educational standards. 
I'd like to say thank goodness for the internet, where uh, <laughs> where wannabe megalomaniacal uh, nutcases can just really have it have their way with the world, all in know, all in their own fantasy land. It's just a place where everyone can express their own ridiculous, ludicrous ideas, no it's, matter how like outrageously horrific they actually. Now, are. if anybody wants to read this uh, a bit of fiction that you've uh, you've talked about, where would they find it? Well, like, just you just Google like uh, I, I think I googled world domination, and there you it's go. maybe like the fifth or sixth link. It'll have, like, Mark Benheim's fantastic philosophy or something like that. Cool. Thanks for the, the recommendation. All right, hit me with the EBV. All right, EBV, brother. Thanks EBV. for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. <laughs> uh, as we continue with the phone calls, Paula in Florida is on the line. Hello, Paula. Tim. Or, uh, Paula, hello. Hi. Good evening, hon. There is something that I want to say to the people that I think that they need to do, and I've already called the Republican Party, and I told them this to their face. I said, if any more of our representatives come into our house in Washington and do one more thing that's unconstitutional, they're gone. I said, that's the law. Well, there's no mechanism, unfortunately, Paula, for anyone who, anyone in government who's doing unconstitutional things to actually receive any sort of punishment. They, they kind of left that out of the whole Constitution. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, the thing is, we're going to have to take our Constitution back, and they're going to have to start going by the Constitution, or they're not going to have a job. Sounds nice, Paula, in theory, but... Well, I think that people need to call these representatives at their office and tell them. Well, what are they going to do, bring themselves up on charges? Because everybody yeah, except for Ron Paul is unconstitutional. When they don't... See, they take a vow to protect our Constitution when mm -hmm. they go into office. Right. When they go against this, they're breaking the law. And they have to leave office. No, they're only breaking their vows. Well, same thing. Well, God is, well I mean, if the Constitution is the too. highest, the, the, the highest law in land. They swear to uphold and protect the Constitution, and they're I'm not doing it. And they should be told by the people they don't want them up there anymore. They want them gone. Well, I agree with you, Paula. They should be. Uh, they should be out of there. They should be punished. There should be some sort of system for that. But there's not. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you can it. Ask them to no, there's not, Paula. You, you, Why they not? don't care. It's just not there. There is no system. Otherwise, people would be being brought up on charges. They would be getting uh, booted out of office. I mean, they, look at when the they, when they go against the vow that they made on the Bible, they have to leave office. They're what happens if they cross the their fingers, though? Made. What if they What if they were crossing their fingers as they swore? Then does that invalidate everything? This is serious. Okay? <laughs> well, they don't think so, Paula. I'm, I'm, thing too look, I'm with you, okay? I feel for you. I, feel, I'm, I empathize with you, and I agree completely. I would love to see the 534 drunken sailors in Congress being kicked out of office tomorrow. But you and I both know, no matter how many phone calls we make, it ain't going to happen. Thanks I've for the call. Told them to their face you myself, do that. Keep doing it. And let, me know how, let me know when things change in D.C., Paula. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Her heart's in the right place. Yep, she wants she, she, good stuff. I agree completely, but look, these people are, they're dug in. There's no, there's no system. The executive branch has no interest in bringing Congress up on charges because Congress doesn't have any interest in bringing the executive branch up on charges. The judicial branch, they're just sitting back enjoying their little Supreme Court and setting all kinds of unconstitutional things as constitutional. And it's just it's just a madhouse up there. You expect all of a sudden because you pick up the phone and say, Representative so-and-so, I demand that you impeach this person. Or I demand that you uh, kick this person out of office. That they're all of a sudden going to get it through their head that they've been doing doing wrong all these years. My God, oh, they caught us. Boo. 
ho, I've come to my senses. The Grafton corruption is, I mean, they might as well rename Washington, D.C. Grafton. Graft. (laughs) (laughs) What what have I been thinking all these years? I'm getting back to principle. I'm getting back to constitution. Please. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to John, listening on WFTL in Florida. Hello, John. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, not a lot. I just wanted to say something. I don't think a lot of people realize that um, production is the only thing that can pay for uh, wages and also lower costs. So when you have extra taxes and regulations that inhibit growth and production, you're actually you're stifling that, and you're actually going to uh, decrease the amount of money in the and people's wages and costs. And right, absolutely. You're destroying wealth, wealth that can be shared with other people. And exactly. eventually, as the regulations continue to mount, eventually those business owners are just going to throw in the towel and say, screw it, we'll take it to another yep. country. I'm moving to Costa Rica and hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Costa Rica's nice. <laughs> yeah, it but, is. Uh, um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to try to earn a living there or anything like that, but uh, I can see a business owner saying, oh, you know, I've got enough money, I never have to work again if I go to a... Uh, foreign country. It, well, like Costa Rica is yeah. one of the more free places in, in uh, Central America. That's true. Well, just look at the Bush tax cuts. Well, after we cut all those taxes, we actually gain more money in taxes. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. In. Tax cuts? I keep hearing yeah. people talk about this. What are you talking about, man? The no, size of government has cut. kept growing and growing, and my taxes well, didn't yeah, go down. You're right. You're right. They need to. They definitely need to with like calm down on the uh, on the government and decrease the government as much as possible. Yeah. So you got to have the smallest amount of government as possible. But you also got to decrease taxes and regulations. And they actually did that. They decreased the marginal tax rates by a lot. What does that, that mean? What is what more... is a marginal tax rate? What it's actually mean? like the, the amount of money that the average person has to spend on taxes. They, they decreased that by a lot. So And they actually brought in more money. I mean, Because they, they people made like more money. Billion. Yeah, exactly. Because there's more growth and there's more production. So that means there's more opportunities and, there's, and the costs go down. So that means people are buying more stuff. But, of course, they're at the same time increasing spending. So if they really did reduce taxes, and I don't know if I believe it, I think they're just shuffling their cards around a little bit. Well, they did, but, I mean... I believe it. Hey, I know they it's did, true. They did, but they, there's still a long way to go. They could still reduce taxes a whole lot. Right, but and, 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 and we've had, the, the Republicans have been in office for an, over a decade, and you know the, the tax burden continues to go up, and the burden of government continues to go up. So none of these well, actually, people, Republicans or Democrats, are going to be reducing taxes anytime soon in tax, any real sense. Well, the taxes are going down. The only main thing that we're actually spending a lot more money on is, is the war. I mean, that's going to... And, and Homeland Security. And Homeland yeah, Security. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to spend a lot more money on that. Well, they, yeah, if they're spending the money, thing. it has to come from somewhere. Maybe they're going to lower taxes and start inflating the money supply, in which case that's a secret tax and it's a hidden tax. And uh, so if they keep inflating the currency, we're all going to get screwed royally to sunset anyway. But thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Live Saturday edition. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. We've got updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create 
create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live. Save 10% at LegalZoom.com. As we continue with the phone calls, let's go, I believe, to Gary in Michigan. Gary, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how you doing tonight? Great, Gary. What's on your mind? Um, I'm sorry to keep riding a dead horse here, but it's the uh, immigrant issue. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We have we have a stance that uh, people find shocking, and uh, you know probably 80 percent of Americans disagree. This with is us. not a dead horse. I mean, this is probably the number one issue in America right now, besides the war in Iraq. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. You know, my point of view is this. Uh, to, to me, they're exploiting. They're ex exploiting two groups of people once again. Number one, the Mexican nationals that come here illegal mm-hmm. because George Bush and his cronies are wanting to reinstitute slavery. Yep. It, it, essentially, they are. If you um, are a, if you're an illegal immigrant and you're working for a company and you say, well, you know, I'd like to have a, a 25 cent an hour raise or I'm going to go across the street and work for the other company. Oh, no, you're not. I'll call ICE on you or whatever. You know, essentially, they're indentured servants of those companies that they work for. Right. Plus, also, there's the other group of people known as the, the American citizens that's lived here and worked here for eons, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at it this way. Uh, it, it seems to me before these people begin to come in here across the border illegally by the millions, I begin to see different signs put up here and there in, in uh, Hispanic Okay, mm-hmm. and I kept looking around, you know, different places. Where are all these Hispanic-speaking people? Well, in a few years, they begin to come in in the millions. This stuff has been planned. It's just another step in the caste to uh, destabilize the American way of life. Now, who is planning this, in your opinion? Uh, the military-industrial complex, probably owned and operated by by an elitist society. So you're saying that uh, they planned on having a whole bunch of Hispanics come in here, but Hispanics have been coming here for decades. So when I guess well, I'm a little confused. Millions, though. Plus, look at it this way: we've got two border guards who are who are Hispanics who are now in in, in a federal prison for doing their job. Well, they they shot some Mexican national bringing drugs into this country, and they they shot the man in the process of doing their job, and then went to prison. Yeah, I think that there's some problems with that case. I would totally agree. Um, what I what I don't really understand is. Um, the how, how the elitists are, uh, you know, benefiting, you know, who they are. I, I'm I'm a little confused by your your whole elitist well, thing. I haven't. Well, by, by elitist, let's take one example. Sam Walmart. He starts up a chain called Walmart Stores, and they run the mop and, mom and pop stores out of business. Well, it's nice to have the low prices, but what about our communities? That sounds like a myth. I mean, I, now, let me, let's be fair here. I, that's a myth, because uh, if anybody was put out of business when Walmart uh, started gaining popularity, it was simply because they couldn't compete on the basis of price or service or whatever their reasons were. Uh, the fact is, there's a Walmart where I live, and there are plenty of mom-and-pop stores around selling a variety of different items. So I don't really they might know. have specialized, um, you know, but there's, you're right, there's probably no mom-and-pop department stores out there, very few of them. And if they do, they, they offer great service or you know, some other service that... Uh, Walmart isn't so good at. Well, I live here in Michigan, and sadly, I've seen our economy just yeah. do it. Your, your economy is tanking, <laughs> and it's, it's it's in real bad shape here. And to have like Walmart decimate the, the community, and have like the illegal aliens take more and more jobs. Like my brother-in-law, he's in construction. 
and he lost his house because his employer had to tell him, "Look, I can't compete with these illegal aliens and how they how they undercut the the prices for the jobs." Well, also say the, the myth that says they're doing jobs that Americans won't do is untrue. I've got another buddy; he does expediting, and George Bush just signed an agreement with Mexico to let a hundred trucking companies in here, and now they're running the roads. They don't have to comply with the same laws. It's a, it's a, again the same issue. Right. You know, the Teamsters haven't managed to uh, sweep up the uh, the the Mexican drivers, and, and you're right. So they're you know they're offering uh, their services at, at a cheaper rate. Now my my question here is is let's think about blacksmiths for a little while. It used to be that there was a blacksmith around every corner, several in each community. Um, for you know every hundred people, there was probably a blacksmith. But you know they they shoed horses, and of course farriers did the shoeing. Blacksmiths made the shoes. Um, they shoed horses. When the automobile came around, these guys had to change their occupations or starve. Do you think that we should have sued the automobile manufacturers for coming in and offering a product that people wanted at a you know a price that they were willing to pay? No, absolutely not. See, that's technology, and technology will advance. Well, technology, essentially illegal, illegal um, aliens are technology, too. We live in a much more mobile society than we did 100 years ago. And so, um, you know, now labor can be transported uh, much longer distances, much more cheaply. In the same way that you're now able to get oranges from Florida, everybody eats them. It used to be something that you pack, packaged up and sent to your relatives up north because it was such a treat. Now, everybody's got oranges in the grocery store. They don't cost that much. It's because right. transportation's cheaper. Now, here, let me... Let's let's build a little quick uh, possible fantasy scenario here, and I'd like to hear what you feel, how you feel about this. Okay, um, okay. let's let's say we don't have any illegal people anymore. Let's just say that uh, the welfare system is abolished, the borders are open, so anybody can come here and, and make a better life for themselves. You know, the way America is supposed to be. So let's say we have that situation, and let's also say let's abolish uh, the minimum wage. Public school it. too. Uh, yeah, let's abolish all government-run uh, education systems and everything. So there's no more welfare, there's no more minimum wage. So therefore. For anybody, whether they be someone from another country or someone from down the street, anybody can come in and offer to do the job that your brother was doing, the construction job, for less. Should they be prevented by some sort of law from coming in and, and being competitive? Uh, I think they should. Why? I mean, Why are you a protectionist? Uh, as far as certain things, yes, I am. So you believe someone should be you believe that once someone is given a job that they deserve that job for the rest of their lives. Uh, no, I don't. I believe that they should continue to earn the privilege. However, I think they should be first in line at the dinner table also. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. It means that since they were here first, you know, it's just like it it it, it goes back to being loyal your employees. Oh, dude, I totally understand. I'm very loyal to people that are loyal to me. But on the other hand, I also understand that competition is a very uh, motivating force. And if I'm in the business of construction, and all of a sudden somebody comes in and starts constructing houses for less than I'm able to construct them at, and you know they're doing it with uh, whoever, let's say they're all natives just willing to work for less, I'm going to have to come to my guys and say, look, guys, you know, I might have to, you know, I'm going to have to cut some costs somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, you're either going to have to take less and continue working for me, or I'm going to have to replace you with somebody else. It, you know, the, the competition could force my hand into that position, despite my loyalty, because I can have all the loyalty I want to if I'm loyal to my, uh, to my employees to the point where I'm losing my business, eventually I'm not going to have any jobs left to give them. Okay, I see that, but here, here's the premise that I put forth. I was in the sauna the other day talking with fellows, and they were talking about how they all went to uh, 
the foreign cars, the Hondas, this, that, and the other thing, which are now uh, American made a lot of it. But, but uh, back when, they weren't, okay? And they said, well, the quality was so much better. You know, the price was just as reasonable. The quality was so much I'll better. I'll let you finish your point. If you hang on, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Foreign cars, American cars, immigration, whatever you want to talk about goes. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are waiting for you. Broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both for free at freetalklive.com. Do you need a computer but don't seem to have the money to or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to mypccredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's mypccredit.com. Unfortunately, uh, Gary's cell phone dropped off during the mm. break. We don't have him anymore. If he wants to call back, he's certainly welcome to. Uh, normally, it's only one call per night, but if we lost your connection, obviously, you can call back. 800-259-9231. Still to come, uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk about how there's more delays now at the southern border uh, because there well, there's new requirements new citizenship verification requirements mm. that they're going to be installing soon. We'll tell you about that and how it's going to ruin uh, or to inconvenience your life if you live down south uh, or if you cross the border for work. Let's continue, though, with the phone calls first and go to Bill in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hey, that was a great service. What's on your mind? Um, Walmart. Yes. Uh, the Smith man that just, just talked to you just a couple minutes ago is so typical of all the Americans that have gotten fat and lazy over the years and spoiled and making their big fat paychecks, you know, $60 an hour or $30 an hour or whatever they're doing. Right, right. He thinks he deserves that paycheck. He wanted to have laws passed to ensure that he could always have his job at a certain wage and not have some kid or immigrant come in and uh, snatch it out from under him for uh, for, for less. And most Americans can't handle competition. Right. And look at what's happening to our auto industry. Uh, I love it. I think the Japanese are doing wonderful. And, you know, if you, if, you, if you can't build a car, I mean, you know, you should go out of business. Well, the Japanese, uh, funny thing is, is uh, I just read an article recently, and I didn't read it thoroughly. Don't take my word for this as gold or anything. Go out and read it yourself. But uh, apparently Toyota quality, initial customers' uh, satisfaction, that kind of thing, has gone down just in the last year or so. So I'm wondering if it's going to be the Koreans with Hyundai. I mean, who's who's going to pick up the torch next? The, the Japanese have enjoyed a uh, great you know run in the automobile right, well, industry. Well, when you're on top, it's easy to kind of rest on your laurels, and mm-hmm. maybe that's what they were doing. Well, see, nobody's going to dominate forever. Yep. I mean, it looked like the Ford Taurus was going to win, what, eight years in a row or whatever? Mm-hmm. Hey, Ford, Ford built tough, and what happened to that? You know, things, things change. They um, do change. Thank goodness they change. change. And Walmart won't be dominant either. Don't be jealous of Walmart. 
just enjoy the lower prices while you can because right. there'll be some other company that comes and overthrows Walmart. Right. Think about Woolworths. And, and like yep. I said, I'd yep. used um, the example of blacksmiths and farriers. You know, all uh, markets change. Things yeah. change. And because it's great. Because Roebuck 100 years ago. I mean, right. they're on the ropes now. They're struggling. They they're are struggling. They're, credit, they're essentially uh, providing credit through Discover. That's where they're making their money. I mean, they used to own uh, the big radio station in uh, in Chicago. WLS was named for world's largest store. Really? Sears Roebuck, yeah. Wow. And one final thought I just want to say, um, in, in a lot of this, too, the, the philosophy of Walmart of lower prices is wonderful because it makes a stronger dollar. I don't like this inflation all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, who, like you, we, you talked a lot about our, you know, government currency being not being backed by gold and being worthless every year. Well, this, this man that just, just caught, called you before, he feels richer because now this year he makes 60000 instead of 50000 Wouldn't it be wonderful if actually I would like to have my – pay cut 10% because my dollar bills are going to be worth more, okay? I want my rent to go down. I want my new car next year to be cheaper. I want my prices to be cheaper. I want a slight deflation, not not a crash, but I want my dollar to be worth as much, maybe a little bit more next year than it is today. Oh, well, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, one of the things that scares me about uh, government-backed monetary, uh, metal-backed currency issued by the government is the government's really bad at everything. And I think that we'd be better off is to just get the government out of money entirely. Sure. If you can imagine a world where the government doesn't issue currency, period, like it's not their job. In the same way it's not their job to provide, say, groceries to grocery stores, we couldn't imagine that. You know, let, the, um, let the socialists into power long enough and that's how it would be, bread lines and, and all that kind of thing. But I think we should have the, uh, the government completely out of the business of money entirely and let people come up with their own systems of currency. They absolutely will do it very quickly. It, they're already out there. Uh, the Liberty Dollar exists. It's yep. uh, America's second most popular currency. Thank and you it's... for giving me time to vent my opinion. Bill, thanks for being on the line. <laughs> okay. We appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. You know, and he was absolutely dead on when he pointed out that Americans, they don't like competition. Oh, wait, wait. Now, hold on. They love competition as long as it's not in their little uh, arena where they're working. It's great when somebody's competing to sell them something. It's great when somebody's competing, you know, to provide them a service. But when somebody comes along and tries to compete for their job, then all of a sudden competition's a bad thing. Look, you can't have it both ways. No. You either have freedom and competition or you have protectionism and restrictions. And I I don't well, I don't want the last uh, two. I want freedom and competition and I'll take pl- fine, please come and compete with me. It makes me better. The marketplace is going to reward uh, is going to reward us as long as you stay in business, you work hard. The marketplace is going to reward you over and over again. And you know, the 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 point that I've made uh, several times this this evening that uh, you know can be difficult for people to get is change is going to occur. It's Whether going you like to happen, it or not. right? And you might as well embrace it. It's like the it's like the blacksmith or the farrier going out there and saying, "Well, what what about our jobs? These cars are taking our jobs. Yeah, our customers. They're our customers. And we own you." As what? though technology has anything to do with it. I mean, technology is the reason that we have illegal aliens. They can travel in automobiles now. Mm-hmm. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Howdy, fellas. Hey, dude. I think we have to remember, though, that every time somebody wins in the capitalist system, somebody loses, too. Not true. So, Not uh, true. For every, for every job, for every new job that's taken, you know, in construction or what have you, somebody else, you know, like the guy said, his uh, you know, uncle or cousin, whatever it was, lost that job. You can and choose to consider that a loss. Um, I, I have lost jobs in my life, mm-hmm. and... 
look at where I am. I mean, I you know, I'm, I have my own business on a radio talk show. I I barely work for a living, uh, quite honestly. And did I lose? No. No, I got well, fired. Right. Things changed. It Nobody be, lost. It can be a good thing or a bad thing. I think there is a place for protectionism, but I think it's very small, very very small. Like for instance, if the if the U.S. was going to lose its entire uh, car manufacturing sector. That it might be a good idea to protect it for say five ten years until the next cycle comes along and there's another demand for American made cars. I, I think that you're being rather presumptuous, like you're God and you know what's going to happen um, in a free market. And you know, I, I just don't know for sure that's the case. I mean, wouldn't it be great for Americans if uh, if the auto industry say went to I don't know, pick your country, China, and suddenly they were producing good quality automobiles for five thousand dollars? I mean, uh, yes, some auto workers would lose their jobs, their huge um, union-backed uh, jobs, but at the same time, every American could buy a car for $5,000. That would be incredible. Who's going to have the money to pay, the, uh, pay for that, though, if you lose your entire manufacturing industry? You're saying that the automobile industry is our entire manufacturing industry? No, but it is quite large. I'm saying, like... Uh you just don't want to lose that entire sector because in capitalism, well, nothing, there's, there's it's nothing not going to happen overnight, Eric. I mean, That's true. <laughs> those That's people, true. those people are fully capable of creating wealth for themselves by going to work in other places, by starting their own businesses. Um, you know, there's there's no reason that a, a, a assembly line worker at an auto manufacturing position is just that. I mean, it's not right. like God created him that. That's what they ended up doing. There are and, other assembly lines he can go work at, or he can learn a new skill and go and do something completely different. I think that is the main difference between capital. Capitalism and socialism, though, is that in capitalism, there's nothing to stop your backspin, you know? It's only you and the market, and that's it. Whereas in socialism, there's usually some backstop that you'll hit, and, you know, you can't go any further past that. I don't understand when you say there's nothing to stop your backspin. What do you mean? Uh, if an industry's failing, there's not going to be any government intervention to help it, you know? There, there's not Thank going to be any goodness. subsidies or what happens. When, when, uh, when industries fail, they're failing for a reason. Yeah, it's because yeah. they can't satisfy the demands of their customers for whatever their reason thing. is. Maybe they aren't willing Poorly to innovate. Organized. You know, maybe they aren't willing to innovate, or they're not willing to change fast enough. or they're not regulations. They're not, well, too many regulations. They're not responding to the consumer demand. They deserve to go out of business. And the, it's not like these things, again, happen overnight. These businesses can see their profits dropping off, and they either make the changes then, or they continue to see drop-off. They start laying people off, and those people better stick their fingers into the wind and say to themselves, hmm, should I stick around in this business? Should I stick around in this industry? Maybe I should move on before they give me the axe, too. Thanks for the call, Eric. 800-259-9231. And if they know how to save, like we talked about an hour number one, no problem. Lay me off. I'll get another job. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves even in the Eastern remaining moments. The live Saturday show, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping at our store and buy some great Free Talk Live merchandise like hats and T-shirts and hoodies and more. It's all there at store.freetalklive.com. We've got the Free Marketeer flag, Free Marketeer T-shirts. Those, you know, those don't even have our logo on them. Like, if somebody was wearing that Free Marketeer sh- shirt, you wouldn't know it was a Free Talk Live shirt. Nope. We just thought it was cool, so we sold it to you. Uh, or we're trying to, at least. Mm-hmm. Store.freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, sometimes when we take a break on the show... And we have to, you know, to pay the bills and everything. Uh, Use the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes when we take a break, it gives us an opportunity to reflect on the things we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think 
We've come to an epiphany, haven't we? Yeah, things have changed here on Free Talk Live. I think that Eric from Michigan was absolutely right. Um, you know, there are industries that are so important to America, to uh, our way of life, that they have to be protected by the government. One example, uh, for instance, an industry that has been with us for decades, I think coming up on something like 80 years mm-hmm. now. It's, it's a, a And critical, that's a lifetime in the, uh, in the economic right. world. It's a critical industry to America's infrastructure, to America's way of life, and it's currently being threatened. It's absolutely being threatened. It's the radio industry. The radio industry is currently being threatened by these uh, these these podcasters on the internet who are providing voice content. They're providing uh, content to our listeners for free, for free. They're they're not even undercutting us. They're providing it for free. They're doing it without How commercials. How in the world can we possibly compete against these people that, in some cases, have no commercials at all? That are just going out there and blah 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 talking, and they're not char- They're not. They don't have commercials. My God! How in the world are we to compete? Right. This uh, internet thing. What we need thing. the government to do, Ian, is we need the government to shut down the internet. Yeah. There's no I, way you can stop it. Look, I understand. I, un- I know what you're going to say. The internet's valuable, though. The, I mean. the internet is absolutely valuable, and so you know, illegal aliens provide lots of good things to Americans, but they steal Americans' jobs, and these podcasters are stealing radio jobs. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the internet. Really, what do you need the computer for anyway if you can't get the internet? Because we're going to shut that well, baby down. You know, the fact is the computer has uh, really, th- that was the first step. And it wasn't the internet that started killing jobs in the radio industry. It was the computer itself. Because there's not a there's not an overnight person that's spinning CDs anymore anywhere in this country. It's all being run by computers. Right. One minute I'm spinning the hits uh, on the overnights. You know, I'm, I'm making a, a decent living uh, providing music content for people. And the next, the only thing... I'm good for is going to the car wash and holding a sign in a clown suit. I mean, this is not... It's degenerating. It's degrading. Absolutely. No, I am a radio talk show host, and I deserve to be able to work in radio talk... Being a radio talk show host as long as I feel like it. These radio station owners worked very hard to get their radio licenses from the FCC, Mm -hmm. and now their entire livelihoods are on the line because of these people on the Internet doing their free radio shows for people to listen to. You're putting... You're taking food out of people's mouths. Not just taking jobs. You're harming children. While we get rid of the internet and we get rid of computers, let's go back to licensing people, um, licensing radio uh, t- talk show hosts and disc jockeys through the NAB. I think that this would be, you know, it, it would be a great thing. And while we're at it, there's another new invention that has uh, really been stealing away audience share from radio, and we need to pr- we need to protect this. We need to protect radio. We've shown that radio is an right. important Critical. industry You've here You've got to have something in the car to turn on when you get in. It's there. the television. The television right. has been these these cable They're providers. They're coming into cars now. Oh my God! They it's pictures flying through the air. <laughs> Do you understand how nuts this is? I mean, the idea that our kids our kids could be locked in in front of this box that uh, it shows them violence. You know, uh, there's studies that show that uh, young people and people of all ages, when they're sitting in front of a TV watching, their brain waves go to like nil. But yep. when they're listening to the radio, their imagination it's theater is, of the mind for God's right, sake. Their imagination is active. They don't know what the announcers look like. They're imagining the news stories happening. It actually helps them be more creative. It helps them imagine better, and that's good for our children's future. Look, if we want to save the children of America, television and the internet need to be abolished. Computers, too. Get rid of the computers. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to protect the radio industry. It's, it's for the future and, of America. You know, ra- uh, airplanes don't have radios in them like cars do. I say we get rid of airplanes also. 
you know, before you know it, Mark, uh, there are going to be starving DJs all over the streets, and we need to have... Look, if we're not going to get rid of this Internet, we need to have programs. We need to have some sort of backstop. We've already lost DJs. DJs all over America have had their jobs cut. It's true. We need to stop the hemorrhaging right now. I I, I know a DJ who was on the air on an on an oldies station, and then one day I see him checking out people at a grocery store. How degrading! I mean, this is this is somebody I know. This is my friend. I've talked to this guy. This is terrible, terrible stuff to see. Americans need to I realize how, Im- how important radio is to them, and uh, we need government subsidies. And people didn't know. I mean, the people that were going through his line, checking out their groceries, they didn't know they were talking to the afternoon drive host of the oldie station. This guy's famous. This guy's important. It's just sad. What we need is a backstop. We need to have a federal government program, because Eric was right. There are certain businesses that do need protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, people need to have that security blanket. They need to have that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that net that can catch them if in the event that there's... Because it's going to be hard to get rid of computers and the Internet. It's already in our lives. I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have it go Look, away. It's not easy to get rid of illegal aliens, but it's all true. we need to do is, you know, these retailers that have sold these computers, they have files. People have bought them on credit cards. And that kind it's of true. thing. We can track them. We can, you know, if they don't give up their computer, we just send a SWAT team to their home. And if they, if they, if I don't care, if, if they speak out too loud, shoot their dog like the SWAT teams do. This is what we. This is what America needs. If these people step out of line and they want freedom for themselves, I'm sorry. That's what we have SWAT teams for to shoot people in the back of the head that want freedom. You know, what we really should look at here besides having the uh, the security, the safety net for the disc jockeys that have mm-hmm. lost their jobs because America loves their disc jockeys and America wants to take care of their disc jockeys. And I don't see how anybody in America could be against a program like that. Right. Uh, not only do we need that, but we also we're going to. I think what we really need to do is mandate a minimum amount of radio listening every single day. Uh, I mean, if we find somebody who's selling a computer or using the internet. Uh, uh, you know, a black market um, mm-hmm. use of these things. They need to go to jail. They need to go to jail for a good Hard long time. time, and that'll teach and everybody to, make to never use the internet again. When they're in jail, we need to put them on a manufacturing line to manufacture more radios for mm-hmm. Americans. Americans, I think that every American deserves to be able to walk around with a Walkman, a free Walkman. They should, they should be in bins, given away for free, AM and FM, and and you know what? Screw FM. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, FM it's it's a it's a late comer and Who needs re- that stereo stuff anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> Separation, what's all that about? You know, We've done our show in mono from day number one. Even when we were on the FM talk station, we were putting our shows online in mono form and you know what? It sounds almost as good. Yeah, it's fine. It, it, it takes up less space. It absolutely. It travels farther. That's better. It's true. It, pro- it, it provides the customer with a better service. You know, this. <laughs> there should be AM Walkman headphones on every corner in bins for people to pick up and listen to. Man, that will really. I think that'll be helpful. I think that. Uh, and yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, if we we have cops out there on the the streets, they should make sure that everybody is listening to the radio. Now, wait, I want to make it clear that really this only needs to apply to the radio business. Everything else, I am I absolutely in favor of competition. We need competition right. out there. Competition's great for all those other industries right, out there. Because disc jockeys, you have to understand, they don't get paid a lot of money. They may sound like they're really special, but they don't get a lot of money in the paycheck. So 
they need to have. There needs to be competition in all the, the other industries so the disc jockeys can go and get paid and actually go out and be able to afford to buy things. Right. The disc jockeys deserve the ridiculously high paychecks that they get, and they deserve, in fact, higher ones. Um, we need to. We, we really need to limit the amount of people that can get into the radio industry. Well, that's where you get the licensing comes mm-hmm. in uh, from the NAB. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that we. I think we do need competition in the labor market here in the United States. Mm-hmm. I think we need to let uh, you know anybody who wants to come into the country come in and compete. But in the radio industry, it's very important. This is an integral industry. We provide all kinds of information to people and entertainment. It's, that's invaluable. Yeah. It really is invaluable. And as ludicrous as this sounds, you and I going back and forth yes. and talking about protection. I'm actually and, amazed we've been able to do it for the entire yeah. segment. Um, the, the ludicrous <laughs> as it is that we uh, would talk like this. This is what everybody else sounds like when they're talking about protection in the labor right. market. For their business or their industry right. or their and, and, job. And this is really the complaint, one of the complaints about illegal immigration is competition. Right. As dumb and as uh, short-sighted and greedy and selfish as we sounded talking and, and and as many ludicrous programs as we came up with almost entirely on the fly mind mm-hmm. you um to protect the radio industry these are the same sort of nonsense that right. that everybody's talking there's, about when it comes to Ill- illegal aliens there's no fundamental difference no fundamental difference no. we just took it out to an extreme and concentrated it all on one industry so you could see how Absurd it was. Boy, that sure was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. I would hate to think that people actually thought that we thought that crap. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Please. We love the internet. We love competition. We love computers. Get rid of the internet. Dear God. Uh, We will, in fact, be online between now and Monday night at freetalklive.com. And have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.